Gentlemen, what do you hear? What do you say? Hey, motherfucker. So, again, we don't have Full Dog on the episode with us tonight, uh, but we do have a special guest, and that special guest is none other than Mr. Mike Newman from good old Toronto, Buffalo Bills season ticket holder that uh, I asked to join the show today to uh, share what happened uh, this past weekend in the rough buff? Uh, Numi's been on the show again uh, before with us after that incredible snow game from a year ago. Without further ado, Mr. Numi, how are you? Thanks for Dude, joining us. How are us. you doing, guys? Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, welcome. This is this is great. This is great. I'm really glad that you accepted to do this. Uh, I know this isn't quite as um, I guess glorious is the last one. I guess the last one the Bills lost as well, did they not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as you win, Pisk, everybody's happy. <laughs> they were well, definitely on the losing end both times. This game had a, a little bit more to it, though. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I can't yes. believe what happened. Yes, okay, so we have a betting story again that didn't go quite as well as our last snow game, unfortunately. But first of all, let's just tee it up like – what was the mood in the stadium out in Buffalo for this game? Like pregame, obviously everyone's fired up, but like what about when all this was going down? Like 24 20 or 27-24, they're one play away. Justin fucking JJ, whatever you want to call him, has one hand on the ball. I've seen How? this. How does yeah. he fucking catch that? I want to know right now. Guys, right. I've so, I've seen this fucking highlights on repeat. One hand, videos. eight feet behind his motherfucking head. The Bills player <laughs> has two hands and cannot. cannot he can't do something. Knew me what was going on in the stadium at that time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind it a little bit here. So okay. it's it's 24-10 at the half, and yep. the mood it does not feel like a 24-10 lead. So really, okay, after, that's the first thing. After the last two weeks, like in week eight versus the Packers, week nine versus the Jets, you know, like against the Packers, they scored three points in the second half. The Jets, they scored three points in the second half. You knew something needed to give again. Like the the, the fans needed to see the offense come firing out in the third quarter. And obviously that didn't happen. So like the mood is starting to shift. Mm. Like as the Vikings start chip away at the lead here, you know, all of a sudden cook rips off that 81 yard run. Now you're really on edge. The stadium you can feel is getting a really, really tight. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's just like this certain feel when you feel it live with, you know, mm-hmm. close to 70,000 like people there. Christmas and at the Mirabelli's. I got it. I got you. <laughs> there you go. Right. So as this is happening, Josh throws that interception fourth and two before this all happens. You know, I can get into that later. If You know, um, <laughs> it was kind of set up by a play by McKenzie who ran out of bounds, which he's now not eligible to touch the ball anymore. So, Peterson's just sitting on Josh, just waiting for him, just baiting him into it because 
his receiver can't come in, so he's forced on another throw. Anyway, all of a sudden, you know, Minnesota's got the ball. They're driving. Um, you have this fourth and 18 play from their own 27. And you knew what was coming. You know, they've been going to Jefferson all yep. game long. Uh, ends up with 193, I believe, at the end of the game. You know, you knew where Cousins was going to on a fourth and 18 with the game on the line at 27-23. That, that's what I had a hard, and, hard time uh, understanding yeah. is, like, they're only going to one guy here. And right. it so looked he, like they surrounded him. They look. It looks like they boxed him, and he was in the middle of the box of Buffalo players. Yeah, what I, what I don't understand from, like, a positional standpoint is why don't, number one, fourth and 18, how are you trying to intercept that ball? Yeah. Oh, right? oh my God. Yeah. Like, I see, I've seen that 10 times in Vegas on the, on the you, highlights. You need, Disgusting. you need to knock down the ball there. You know, I am far from a defensive backer anywhere near a football player. But yeah, we all are, but we're allowed, to, we're allowed to shit about it. <laughs> no, of course. But, like, you, you need nah. to know like, that's probably the way to go. Yeah, for sure. Physic- what, what, physically what, didn't what, look possible to me. Sorry, uh, Newman. When when I was watching it, first of all, the trajectory the trajectory of the ball looked like it was nowhere near Jefferson. And then I saw I saw that the Buffalo guy actually had better positioning on the ball. And to me, it almost looked like okay, Jefferson got one hand on there, and then they went to the ground. And I'm looking at the ground, waiting to see the ball that came that that came out. And then everyone's jumping up and down on the Minnesota sideline. And I'm like, no, what, what he yeah. caught it. It's complete. How unbelievable. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. I mean, the only way he catches that ball, I I'm, I'm sure of it is because Lewis got two hands on the ball, stopped the ball's flight. And he was able to just be stronger than Lewis with one arm. Yeah. That's exactly what it looked like on the highlights. Again, yep. that I've seen if, if Lewis now. doesn't even touch that ball, I think it flies Jefferson and the bills get the ball in the 27 and game's over. And game's over. So yeah. in that exact moment when they signal the catch, what is what is the feeling in the stadiums? Dead silence, uh, obviously. Yeah, uh, it there was a lot of a lot of like background chatter, like I can't believe you just made that catch. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, but but even at that point, it looks like they can still still on the forty. With, yeah, and they they still have a timeout, but like they're not using them. Um, no, exactly. Still, they still got a ways to go. The stadium is. You know, you just went from fourth and eighteen to okay. Now you got to buckle down again. Yeah, uh, you yeah. knew they needed a touchdown. You kind of trusted the Bills' defense for what it was because, I mean, outside of the eighty-one yard run, they're not going to cook in this situation. So you can kind of, you know, unless they're dumping it off to Cook, who had thirty-eight rushing yards outside of the eighty-one yard. You know, if you remove that one run. Um, he's not going anywhere. So you knew that they were just going to keep feeding Jefferson and they continued to feed Jefferson all the way down to the two. Disgusting. And, <laughs> okay, know, and then now, they stopped. Now them. you have this goal line stand. Yeah. Which... And it is loud, right? Like <laughs> yeah, you, for sure. You cannot hear yourself think or even feel an emotion just trying to make Minnesota not hear a thing. Yep. Now, this is all happening. I'm My seats now are underneath the scoreboard, uh, end zone seats 
So was this right and in this front of you? This was all happening right in front of me. Oh, my Baby. God. <laughs> so, I'm now watching this. You knew they stopped Cousins. <laughs> Right on that fourth down play, you knew that that quarterback sneak did that not must, get it. That must have been a burst of energy for everyone because you're already stressed to the max, obviously. I've right? never heard oh, that yeah. stadium. I've no, never heard that wow. stadium. Wow. That's incredible. And then, I got uh, I got ten short Texas from the Perry family. From the Perry boys, and, yeah. and and the rest of the Buffalo Bill fucking faithful. And I'm looking at it and go, yeah, no, just he's short. He's short. Yeah. Well, which, yeah, which I'll, then I'll brings us to the next fucking miracle. Let's just Go fill ahead. in the blank here. What I was feeling in Vegas, I don't have these games, right? I'm watching them. That's right. Style. I'm sending you all yeah. these things. And I'm, you're like, what the fuck is going on? I'm watching full dog style. I got ESPN box score open and oh I'm seeing God. this unfold going like, what in the fuck? And then I got the I Godfather wish. blowing me up on the cell phone saying, dude, you will not believe how close this came to blowing up what you guys had going. And I'm like, yeah, fuck. Well, it's nice. And then all of a sudden, a fucking string of, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, text from the Godfather. So at that point, uh, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. what is that good or is that bad? Oh, my God. And then I see Telegram blow up with Uncle Leo in Atlanta saying, I think I have to retire from sports betting. Yes, that and is then, the feeling. 100%. Yes, and then the full dog chimes in, and he says, "What the fuck happened? I just saw the score tick up on Don Best, and Uncle Leo responding like, "No, seriously, I have to take a break from this." And then I know it's like all bad news. And now we'll switch back to you, Numi. Okay, Josh Allen gets the ball. You know the mood is is obviously electric. Everyone's fucking fired up. We just got to get this one play down. Minnesota's going to burn their last time out, and the game's over essentially. So explain to us how it went from the loudest stadium in, that you've ever seen to potentially the quietest. Yes, um, the, the the extremes there are, you know, <laughs> I, I I kind of at a loss for words on, on how how the whole stadium was feeling. Um, and dude, I, I apologize nobody, in advance for making you relive this. Uh, it's painful no, it's on our good. end, too. <laughs> you just said that the, this was the reason you brought him on the show. <laughs> I want to share the betting story, but it. we got to feel um, what it felt like being in the stadium people, first. A lot of people didn't realize that he fumbled the ball right away, right? Like, no, it's, yeah. I would it's say not the majority apparent, yeah. of the stadium thought it was a safety. Mm-hmm. And then all of us, like, I, I knew they were scrambling for the ball, right? Like, it's right in front of me. I'm sitting, you know, I sit in the 200s, you know, so you're not all that high, but you you got this view on where Josh yeah. and the line are. A little better, and correct. You knew that he dropped, you knew that it was a fumble. And the way they're scrambling for the ball to try and just pick it up and maybe, you know, get that safety, anything to not be a touchdown, right? Like anything would have been better. Uh, in that situation potentially right like you're still you know safety is bad there as well because you kick it back to the vikings they still got 45 seconds left and a field goal you lose it because then you're (laughs) yeah only up two and then i don't know you you can't even force overtime at that point so i don't know which would have been better so Uh, i mean not fumbling the ball obviously but uh, so we we know how this terrible story ends right like there's there's no 
doubt about that. Hold on, guys. I, I got to put this on pause. No word of a lie. The full dog just texted me a play, so I got to put it in here in Vegas. Give me a second. Okay. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right, we're back. I got the play in uh, for anyone wondering. SMU under 28 and a half second half. That's what I needed to get in for the full dog. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, uh, what we're going to do is I'll tell the betting story now, and then we'll uh, go back to you, Numi, for what it felt like for that last drive and the overtime that obviously didn't work out for anybody. Earlier on in the week, we got some very good information that your boy, Numi, Josh Allen, was going to play because throughout the week it was unsure, right? I remember you texting me, all the sports books, had it as though he wasn't going, right? Because the line opened up, I think, Christ, was it nine and a half to Buffalo? And then I think it, it was at least eight and a half, basically. Eight for and sure. a half, nine and a half, yeah. And then it moves all the way down to minus three. And that's when we got the info. And we knew that obviously it was going to balloon once Josh Allen was announced that he was fully going. So the full dog hit me up here in Vegas. He hit the Godfather up in Toronto. I saw the text come through. And yep. he's like, all right, let's go out on Buffalo minus three. So we got a good amount of Buffalo minus three. And the goal was to get off of it once it was announced that Josh Allen was going. And then we'd simply have a nice middle opportunity. So everything went exactly according to plan. The info was good. We were sitting yep. large on the three. And... Josh Allen was announced in. The line ballooned. I think right before game time, it was up to six and a half. We were hoping to get seven, seven and a half, eight and a half, something yeah. like that. Uh, it didn't work. It didn't happen like that. Now I asked the full dog about. It. I'm like, dude, do you want me to get off some of this shit here? And he's like, well, I got off a chunk at plus seven early in the morning on Sunday. But uh, he's like, no, we'll let the rest ride on it, and maybe you know we'll do something live. Okay, no problem. Well. The game goes on, right? Everything's looking honkadory. I remember at one point at Westgate out here in Vegas, we were looking at 14 and a half early on. So the opportunity was there, but it's like, okay, we're only laying three. We're way ahead of the market, right? A three when it's six and a half, you're looking at like, what, minus 200, maybe even higher than that. So you're sitting pretty. Yeah, it's a good spot. And we also we also got in on the under early on live, right? We were sitting what under fifty four and a half, I think. Godfather, yeah, was that it? That is, yeah, that was that the fucking number so, two. Just... Everything was perfect, <laughs> and it went right down to Joseph missing that extra point, right? Because that was supposed to push it to twenty seven twenty four, which we would have pushed on Buffalo and won our hedge, right? The plus seven, but he missed the extra point, so we were sitting perfectly. It would have cleaned up across the board. And then, well, you just heard Numi describe it. Yeah. You just, I'm sure you've all have seen the highlights. Everything then, fell apart in then, the last dying seconds. The oh my God, oh my God, oh my God text from the Godfather, Uncle Leo from Atlanta. It just totally blew up in our face. So almost a year ago today, we had that joyous win game in Buffalo that worked out so well when we picked on the Lottery Corporation. And did a number on them. Well, this one did not work out in our favor. And uh, it's it's tough to even talk about it because we did what was right. We had the good info. We did everything we were supposed to, except maybe get off like a full middle. We probably had a half middle going. 
so yeah, very, very unfortunate. And now, Numi, I will turn it back to you. Uh, just let us know how it felt to tie the game. Like, Christ, at this point, you must be jumping out of your seat because you go from... Yeah. I mean, like, oh, oh my God! I can't believe we're losing this yes. game. To right, stopping so I, them, to stopping them on fourth down, to then getting your heart ripped out. You're like, oh my God! This is what it feels like to be a Buffalo Bills fan again because it's happened time and time again. And now back to you charge all the way down the field. You kick the field goal. What is the stadium doing at that point? Yeah. Well, before they even got the ball back to try and get the uh, the tying field goal, I was like, let's get out of here. Let's beat the traffic. Oh, shit. Did you? oh fuck no 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 that's how i felt no like, way that's yeah. what half the stadium felt like this is like everybody turning to each other like should we just leave like this is awful right like mm-hmm. anyway everybody sticks around obviously josh marches down the field they kick the field goal they go to overtime they lose the toss again um <sighs> the the bills haven't i think they've won one toss all year like i mean it, i don't think it means anything Shades but, of Kansas City you know, over, last year. In overtime, sure. it does. And it, it still does, they, yeah. The, the new rule does nothing rule to address. Is, the, does nothing to, the to address the, the coin toss. That's for sure. No, because no, if you get a touchdown, it's over, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So Brutal. Minnesota's starting to march down the field again. Again, with ease. With ease, I might add. They're just... You know, and they're taking their sweet time. They're going down, yeah. you know, and remember, overtime's only 10 minutes in the last couple of years, right? So yep. mm-hmm. they're marching it down. There's, I think, four minutes left or something like that. You know, the Bills have a defensive stop. They kick a field goal. Yep. And, okay, great. You know, they got the ball back. They didn't score a touchdown. So now it's like, all right, Josh, now it's your time to shake off whatever's happened in the last yep. two and a half games, all in the second half. And let's just end it, get the win. Yeah, know. get the win. Nobody and gives a fuck let, at that point, right? Yeah. Let's go, right? So mm-hmm. he has these two spectacular runs to get into field goal range almost right away. Mm-hmm. And then he has this play to Knox at the pylon. Knox gets, I mean, I'm a Bills fan, so he gets mugged and doesn't get the pass <laughs> interference call. Um, there was a pass interference call earlier in the overtime against Buffalo for less, you know, for less exactly. Okay, <laughs> and this one, I'm convinced because it was in the end zone, wasn't called. And the very next play, Peterson Picky. again sits on a yeah. The very next play, there's a pick on a target to Davis, and on a play that I think he forced it right and. Yeah. Again, you go from a stadium that's really loud during a play. Like obviously, when the Bills are on offense, it's pretty quiet. But you have this, you have this play where he forces it into Davis, trying to, you know, use his arm, which I don't. It's obviously not near a hundred percent. And mm-hmm. you had options underneath with time, and you know that's that's what's happening in in Buffalo right now. I think I think Allen is getting back to hero ball and not taking what the defense is giving him. And I mean, for you guys, like the touchdown would have been nice for a oh, 
right? Like, I mean, I yeah, at that point we get the push. At least, at least you get the push. And yeah, obviously that, in overtime they don't kick the they don't kick the X to the P. Well, that that was so. my next question. Would they have kicked the field goal? No. That, uh, the field goal, the extra point? No, they wouldn't. No, have. Right. It would no. Have 30, it would have been thirty six, thirty three. Game over, right? Game over. But even that would have been nice because at least we push on Buffalo because we laid the three, not three and a half. Yeah, that's that's, so. that, that's all I fucking wanted. Give man, me, oh, man. give me my money back. Yeah. <laughs> That was tough. That was tough. That was Honestly, a, it, it, was a, it was a tough one. It was really quiet leaving the stadium. Oh, there were sure. There were a lot of people that just sat in their seats for a long time. Like, we we got out in the parking lot. We were walking back to the car. We looked back to the stadium. The upper deck was still very full. There's people I'm... looking down on the field. You know, I can only imagine they're thinking the sky is falling in Buffalo. And, hey, tomorrow the sky is literally falling in Buffalo. Yeah, so, I know. I Fuck, mean, that that was our opportunity. Like, okay, they, they stole it from us last week. But it looked as though, and Numi, thank yeah. you very much for sharing that information with me earlier this week. It looked as though we were going to get another fucking real fun one in Buffalo this coming Sunday. But uh, shout out to uh, our fantasy friend, uh, Mr. Crawford. He's like, what, are the sports books in cahoots with NFL now? Like, what, they don't want you guys to have another fun weather game in Buffalo? They move it to yeah, Detroit? Okay. What the fuck? They move it indoors. Yeah, okay. yeah. Brutal. So, well, yeah, that's pretty unfortunate. But, uh, listen, but, hey, fuck, it I is mean, what it is. Uh, after, after, yeah, after talking about this for the last 20 minutes, I need to do this. Oh, because, my God. Uh, it's been <laughs> – well, just – it just adds to the up and down, up and down nature of how our season's been so far, right? Like this was something that <sighs> it looked like it was going to, you know, give us a nice push in the right direction. And then to have it stolen like that, like these kind of beats yeah. honestly make it feel like someone breaks into your house and steals your wallet. That's what it feels like, honestly. I can't even imagine from a betting perspective how that terrible. Feels. Like, I do terrible i feel it as a fan and i don't have zero money on the line right i guess uh, yeah. how was uh how was my favorite uh, fellow buffalo bills watching buddy uh floydy uh during the game how did he ha- handle all this chaos that took place uh he was actually in a, a not a great state either too <laughs> many he archives was, <laughs> he he dipped into the archives for sure um he, to he fill was, the Godfather in on archives. Numi took me. Thanks again for this. Uh, Numi's again a Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, and he took me years ago. Uh, I think it was maybe my first Buffalo Bills game with you, anyways, Numi. And uh, I got to meet his his good buddy Floyd, and we started getting on the sauce. And uh, I don't know, beers kept coming our way, so we started to build an archive section under our uh, seats. At Ralph Wilson Stadium, and we got through them all. At the end of the game, you know, obviously you can't leave any men behind, right? And uh, <laughs> Numi courteously drives to Buffalo from Toronto, and on the way home, like we had to make a pit stop uh, because I was not feeling so hot. And I remember <laughs> running into a wooded area, and you know, doing what I had to do. <laughs> and I looked behind me, and who's behind me? And my right-hand man, Floyd, he's right behind me, tossing his cookies at the same time. So that's uh was a really big bonding moment for us. <laughs> well, so it's uh, nice to see I mean, that he's back in town because he was doing radio work, right? In uh, Where's the battalion play? Up in North Bay, right? 
Yeah, he he's doing radio work. He's in Oshawa now. He's on uh, okay ninety six. I, I can't remember. Apologies. He's going to kill you for this. Yeah, he's on the country. Radio, radio company here. <laughs> uh, I just yeah. I just saw he was at a concert with uh, our boy Skilly as well. Uh, a, a popular guy, but I, my music, my country music isn't up to par yet. I, I watched a little bit of it <laughs> out here in Vegas, but I don't. Luke Combs, I think it was. Anyway, super yes. popular yeah, dude. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I saw no, them. He's, he's now at KX ninety six New Country FM in Oshawa. Beauty, beauty. Well, shout out to our boy Floydy. That is uh, good to hear. He's back in the city and uh, doing, still doing what he loves uh, in radio. Uh, was that the worst collapse of all time? It was pretty bad. It's, it's pretty bad. bad. But, I mean, it's, it when you're pretty, a, you know when why? You're a, you know why it isn't? I, I'd say Pisk yep. because there were like three or four opportunities for this thing to still go the right way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yep. so I, it just would have been a lot more painful if, I don't know, one of those Jefferson catches ended it or, you know, the Josh Allen muffed exchange ended it. This, But, you know, Buffalo came came back down, marched like, Hot knife through butter, got the field goal, held for a field goal in in on 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 the Minnesota possession in in OT, then came back down and then was moving the ball so easily that I even allowed myself a few Jesu Christos to say, okay, I I still think he's he's gonna do it for us in the end. All will be fuck forgotten. I will well, be they, forgiven. They are solid at that. You can never count the Bills out because they can move that ball fucking fast. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, so, sure. Yeah, well, you know good, what? But... At twenty four ten, I said you you guys are going to fucking fuck me. And <laughs> Listen, I was right. The, uh, was it the worst of all time? We've been burned by Aaron Rodgers so many fucking times that I yeah. remember that time where he did back to back hail marys against the yeah. Lions. He hit someone at the fifty and then hit someone in the end zone on back to back plays. That cost us a fortune. Yeah. And then there was last year, our final parting gift to the OLG. Uh, man, we had them on the ropes, and Aaron Rodgers hit fucking Aaron Jones with a little dump pass at the end of the first half in their playoff game against, I think it was the 49ers. Anyways, he ran for 76 yards or something. We would have cleaned up. So it, there's been bad beats ar- across the board. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers is usually the source of it now. It's unfortunately Buffalo. But... They paid us well last year, and now I guess they take us away a little bit. To keep they take us away for sure, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, well, thank you for going through that again. I know it was painful for all of us, but uh, it's good to just summarize and, and get a feel for what it was like in the stadium in Buffalo because, again, just like that win game, there's nothing quite like just describing what it's like to be there, and especially your yeah. seats knew me that are right on the goal line. You actually saw the bladed grass that – separated the goal line from the football on that last play of the game for the Vikings. Brutal. Uh, Next thing I want to talk about, gentlemen, is the Powerball sweepstakes out here in the U.S. Numi, you're a Buffalo guy, right? You spent a lot of time south of the border. Have you ever done Powerball? I haven't. You haven't? Well, let me tell you. So the full dog, I'll tell you guys the story. The full dog Sends me a text uh, the night before the Powerfall drawing. He's like, are you busy out in Vegas tomorrow or whatever? And I said, uh, no, I don't think. I think that's some time. He goes, okay, 
Great. Uh, let's go buy some Powerball <laughs> tickets. There's you got to leave Nevada because you can't buy lottery tickets here in Nevada. They don't sell them. So you got to go to the Nevada California border. There's a place in Prim, Nevada, that is called uh, the Lottery Store, and apparently, according to their website, they are one of the busiest lottery retailers on the planet. So that's what I did uh, for a day. I drove out there. Beautiful drive, by the yep. way. You're going through all the red rock and not actual red rock, but it's just beautiful with the mountains out here. And I get to this lottery store and guys, I don't know if you saw, if you saw it on our Instagram feed or if you saw it I on, did. on TikTok yep. or whatever. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, I thought I, two I thought hour your, lineup. I thought it was just your typical over-exaggeration bullshit, but no, no this no. was like unbelievable. This was insane. So Again, it's everyone in the state of Nevada goes to this retailer because you can't buy it anywhere except this one place that is right on the border. Anyways, I, I couldn't believe it. And then wow. I got there. I said, okay, I got to think about this because I'm not going to stand two and a half hour fucking in line to buy lottery tickets that are more than likely going to lose, right? <laughs> so I, uh, I thought about it, but then I'm like, you know what? I don't really have anything to do this afternoon, and this is kind of an experience, so fuck it. I'm doing it. So I wait in this line, I wait like 45 minutes, an hour, and then I realize that I'm standing in the line that is reserved for people that want to pick their own number. So if you have a superstition, or you play the same numbers every fucking draw, which obviously I don't, <laughs> I never played Powerball in my life, you stand in this line and wait. How long were you in that line? Sorry? I, I think 45 minutes. Wow. And I wasn't even halfway yet. I was, it, there was, it was a minimum two and a half hour wait to get inside this lottery store. I'd love to see the machines in there and how what the atmosphere is, but I'm like, oh, I can't do this. So then, yeah, someone in line, the guy behind me originally told me, no, no, that's for California State Lottery. There's a separate line. Don't go there unless – if you want Powerball, you got to stay in this line. I'm like, okay. Well, All when right. we get closer, I ask another person. They're like, oh, yeah, that's Quick Pick line. And I'm like, oh, exactly geez. what you needed. Yeah, that's all I wanted. I didn't want to fucking sit there and try to crack the code, right? No, I just wanted quick pick. Anyways, got my tickets. We didn't end up winning, unfortunately. But even if we did end up winning, I don't think I would announce it because that was a lot of scratch. But what I want to talk about is the delay because they were scheduled to announce it live via their website or whatever and we tuned in and everything and they're like oh yeah we got technical difficulties we're not doing it tonight I'm like okay that's oh, wow. fucking weird like there's 1.9 billion dollars at stake here like what the fuck and then the next morning they're like yeah okay no uh, winner has been drawn so let's uh we're gonna go back at it obviously for the next draw next draw is gonna be 2.5 billion and then they come out a few hours later and say oh no actually someone in california won so what the fuck? Is that not sketchy? That sounds sketchy. Like, God, of Godfather, course. you spent 30 plus years at the Lottery yep. Corporation in Ontario. 34. Has ever, yeah. Has that ever, <laughs> ever happened at uh, for the 649? Yes. It has? Yes. Yes. Oh, but, but nobody comes out and makes an announcement that there's no winner and then and then 2 hours later, oh no, no, no. We 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 have a we have a winner in uh, you know, Newfoundland. No, no. That never happened, but I was part of a couple of delays on some of our larger jackpots where, yeah, the numbers are supposed to be drawn at 10, 10 p.m. at night, and, and the numbers weren't drawn until 8.30, 9 a.m. in the morning. 
due to a you know certain different jurisdictions having Oh, having okay. technical issues. So it has happened, but nothing to the point where somebody comes out and says, there's no winner. And yeah, then, and then there is a winner. And then has to retract. Because, okay, because... you've worked with lottery systems for a very long time. Yep. Do they not yes, know instantaneously that there's a winner that has matched this number? No. Like, I can not... see it taking a couple hours or something to generate yeah. through everything, but. Yeah. No, uh, it depends. It's not the actual lottery system itself uh, that takes the time. It's all those draws are independently audited as well okay. to make sure that, you know, there's no funny business. Mm -hmm. And it's usually that process that may or may not be as robust as the, the lottery system, quote unquote. And so without that independent audit confirming, um, that jackpot winner uh like in canada there's five different jurisdictions and all five have to come in with a yay or nay so that's oh, the part okay. that that delays it here um okay obviously so i'm probably, not sure yeah like it's probably it, similar it's, here because of all the states yeah. like think about it there's yeah 100 percent. and the demand right. for something like that must have been through the roof oh. so the delay the delay's okay pisk i'd say yeah but whatever spokesperson came out and said there's no winner only to have to backtrack on that i don't think they're employed at the moment because that <laughs> that that's that's way too sketch that is that is like 101 a no-no yeah totally you you but, make that statement you better be fucking right <laughs> <laughs> well it was an experience going out to prim uh that i just found that how it all took place pretty weird but yeah unfortunately no, uh, no winner Ganyas over here. That would have been pretty nice, though. So, <laughs> le yeah, let me ask you because I, I think anyone that that played that Powerball, you had to at least for thirty seconds say to yourself, "What the fuck happens if this comes through?" Oh, absolutely. Uh, the first would you, would you buy me lunch at least lunch? I mean, you know, if you kept Maybe. it simple, no keg yeah, or anything kept it like that. <laughs> Popeyes. <laughs> uh, the first text I got from Full Dog was, when we win this, are we going to oh. apply for our Ontario bookmaking license? <laughs> so that's where his mind was, obviously, that's, right? That hashtag, sounds like the Full Dog. <laughs> hashtag always betting, right? <laughs> uh, well, oh, speaking man. of lottery... There's one thing that popped up on our feed this past week. Proline prop cards are back with oh an asterisk. Uh, uh, they, pisky, pisky, pisky. Yeah, they are not back. Okay, let's clarify. They are not back, uh, Lottery Corporation of Ontario. They are back in the form of pools. Yeah. So you basically have to pick every single thing on the prop card they're in the same format as they were when you could bet on them versus the lottery corp but you cannot bet versus the lottery corp it is a par mutual now yep. that you basically have to hit it like you would hit the uh, nfl pools nfl pools on a sunday exactly so yeah nice try olg uh, it's not the same and the full dog obviously went and took a look at the volume on this prop card and i think at one point it was like 2700 bucks total so I don't know what they were expecting, but a $2,700 prop card, Godfather, they can't be happy with that. No, they can't be. But what, was, was that your comment on social media or was it full dogs? 
That was mine. That was mine. That was all <laughs> me. Anytime, so yeah, someone so barks. So belligerent. Huh? <laughs> anyone, anytime someone barks at the lottery corp, we uh, it's, it's it's definitely me. Uh, <laughs> gentlemen, I have the uh, Thursday night football. So we're recording Thursday night now, right now. Usually it's been Wednesdays, sometimes Thursday mornings, but now it's Thursday night. I'm watching this fantasy football – or sorry, this Thursday night football game, and I want to circle back to fantasy football because I just saw Alan Lazard make a catch. Okay, so, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go grab a fucking espresso. Now, okay, <laughs> you, you, you and Numi talk about this shit. Numi, you are the top dog in the jungle right now, the fantasy football jungle. Your team is fucking stacked. I want to know – if it was intentional or you were just swinging for the fences at the draft, I want to know what was going on there. You, your running backs are absolutely stacked. Your team is stacked from top to bottom. So was there a strategy there or is it just the way the chips fell? I mean, you always go in with a little bit of a strategy, right? Like you, you try. And then as the chips start falling, his name start getting nominated for bid and like everything kind of goes out the window. Um, <laughs> I, I knew I was out on, like, top tier, like, top, top tier running backs. Like, Taylor didn't want CMC. Um, you know, of course, like, the last couple of years of injury with him, like, you kind of get a little spooked. Yeah. I'm never into, like, the $70 plus running back. Like, I, I just, I, you can't justify it, even as good as... <laughs> Taylor is right, and then he goes yeah. down with injury, and then you're kinda... stop fucking laughing, Pisk. <laughs> I can hear you breathing heavy. Oh, I'm sorry. So, so and... can our listeners. They, they they can hear the steam coming out of your nose right now. So, go. for those that don't know, like we're we're half point PPR. So, I I really really wanted Austin Eckler with Herbert always checking down to him. He's gets like six to eight receptions a game, plus the touchdowns that go along with it. He's been awesome this year. Well, dude, you um, even have an extra bonus there because his two wideouts have been on the shelf the entire season, it, right? I mean, it helps that Keenan Allen's been out. Mike yeah. Williams has been out for a while now. There was a lot of hype on Damian Pierce, who I snagged at like a very reasonable value uh, at twenty five bucks. But like yeah. much, much like you, Pisk, I dropped a twenty dollar running back who's gonna he's doing all right for the Godfather right now, and Antonio Gibson. So. <laughs> Yeah, one fucking thing goes right for me in, in, in 11 weeks. Yeah, fuck. I mean, like, I, had, I had Gibson and Brian Robinson. I had, I you know, I drafted Brian Robinson for three bucks. I had Gibson for 20. And as but soon as Robinson time, came back and was stealing the the stealing the stealing load from Gibson. Yeah, I, at the time it looked like a, the right, I mean. I didn't have I a play for him. Yeah. Um, much, much like I didn't have a play for Michael Carter. And then. Brees Hall, Godfather again, goes down, and now I did don't you have just Michael fucking Carter. chuckle? Did you just no. chuckle? That was it. Just chuckle. <laughs> um, now, so, now. I mean, you're uh, obviously your luck this year is is not very good, but um, I no, mean, no, only five guys on IR. It's, yeah, I mean, sure, you can say that. Speaking of right, Michael Carter, I I was just offered him. Yeah, yeah, so was I. Oh, yeah? So he shot, he's being shopped around, is he? Nah, I was offering for guy. Christian Kirk. Would you guys do yeah. that? Yes, Bro, no? I, you, you don't want me to fucking start talking on this segment. <laughs> serious, serious. Why do you trade so much? That's what I want to know. Why are you trading so why? much? Why? Because season? I'm fucking cursed by Lucifer. That's why. <laughs> what kind of a fucking stupid question is that? 
I've Again. been offered two grades all year. It's been by UPIF. Oh yeah. There you go. There you yeah, go. Now you, the truth is going to come out. You have you have my favorite fucking fantasy guy, Tony Pollard. That's right. I think he is such a stud. Elliot's got to get out of the way in Dallas. Like as yeah. as you've seen, Newby for the last two weeks, this guy's been unstoppable. Yeah, and and you know what? G getting towards that. Yeah, you need to draft well. You need to be lucky. But you know what I mean? Like there are guys like. You know your 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 fucking buddy there, Mr. Churchill. I mean, fuck that. Dante Foreman was a was working in a warehouse five weeks ago, and Dante now he's Foreman. getting and now he's getting forty burgers. And then you're gonna pump your chest about being the man in fantasy. It's all D bullshit. Dante Foreman lost me my undefeated season. Yes, he okay. did. Yeah, and yeah, I, I really well, thought you were gonna cruise through, honestly. Because and then, uh, you're just And in <laughs> my second my second loss of the year, I benched TJ Hawkinson the week he got traded and started Dawson Knox because I thought Hawkinson did not have a shot at being involved in that offense at all. I ended up losing by four points. Mm. So, and I mean, what was the difference between your tight ends? Seven. Oh my god! See, I'm okay. Actually, I'm not okay. Nobody's okay with losing in fantasy. But if you're gonna lose and you just your team is shit, your team is shit. There's nothing you can do. No, but when you I, have a decision to make, <laughs> when you have a decision to make, and you put someone on your bench and they go off, and the guy you started fucking lays an egg, and you lose because of that, that hurts. That takes it to the next level, and that's why I've always said that one day we're gonna start a Champions League of fantasy. It's gonna be high stakes. And there's going to be a very limited amount of managers so that every weekend you actually have very tough decisions to make. And I think that really would crown a real fantasy champion because you actually have decisions to make. Whereas in the league that we're in now, 12-man league, five bench spots, it is what it is. You know what I mean? You have a team and you just put them out there and you hope for the best. When you have like three double-digit running backs on your bench – you actually have to make a decision there. Does that make sense, or am I talking stupid? No, no, I understand what you're trying to say, uh, but, I mean, at well, the I end had, of the day... I had two 20-point running backs on my bench and a 16-point wide receiver on my bench last week and still got the W, so I got lucky. Is he bragging, okay, Godfather? Yeah. Is he? Is yeah, he yeah, you know what? It, Me it, and the Godfather either, are in the basement. It's a, it, it, at the it, top it, of the castle. It, it, <laughs> it's, either, it's either we move on to a different topic or Numi's got to go. One of the two <laughs> fucking things. Well, guys, have you ever heard of a guillotine league? No, inform no. us. So this you, mean, is... you mean the jungle isn't a guillotine yeah, league? It, it can't be worse than relegation, can it? <laughs> no. So this is a league. You can do as many teams as you want, 12, 14, whatever you want. It's a points league. Everybody's against each other. And the least amount of points in that given week is now eliminated from playing the rest of the season. And that team then gets put on waivers oh, and then oh the next God. week there's only 13 guys. And then that, you know, the, the team with the least amount of points gets eliminated. Now there's 12 teams and the 13th place team, whoever they had, those players get put onto waivers. Oh, that's and amazing. Like Pisky would have been kicked out of the league in like week <laughs> three. That's perfect. <laughs> so it's a really cool concept of a pool that I've heard of, but, can't get enough people interested in doing that kind of format. 
Oh, wow, that that's interesting. So it's I, kind I of cool, it. and you would have a budget for your waivers, so you wouldn't just run like a one to twelve based on your waiver priority. You would be placing bids on who yeah. is available in, wow. you, know, you know, on the waiver wire, and then yeah. you know once you once the waivers are done, everybody's up on free agency, right? So then it's free for all. Um, Very but interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting concept. So, How do they handle uh, playoffs, Numi? You're you don't go all season, right? Like it's you know, okay. say you got fourteen guys or whatever. Then it goes um, fourteen weeks. It's fourteen weeks. Okay, thirteen weeks. Holy yeah. fuck, wow, that's intense. That's intense. Time, right? That would be that would then be. You got to play with five weeks, of course, like everybody else in every yeah. other fantasy league, and then. Yeah, that would set up that would set up quite the finals match, eh? Can you imagine? Oh yeah. You 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 put together you put together ten starters from basically you would have the entire you'd have the entire um... you'd have the entire NFL at your disposal essentially. Yeah. Right? Well then, yeah uh, then I, then I think uh, touchdown Tennessee. I... Yeah. Do you, do you know who? who? Derrick Henry just threw a touchdown pass. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Trevor Crawford. Trevor's going to be happy about that. Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, no, that's that, that's, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, I, I think there'd be a lot more skill involved. And a missed extra that. point. <laughs> Another one? Yep. It Another just one hit the for upright. the dog. He bet that Another tonight. One for, yep. He bet that tonight. He bet longest field goal under, and he bet uh, missed extra point. Well, he's... Uh... Fuck, he's back. <laughs> he's back, maybe. That's good news. Uh, but yeah, like I was saying, I think there's a lot more skill involved in that style of fantasy football than there is uh, in the way that we play it. Because, yeah, you know, listen, uh, my team's sitting 500. It probably doesn't deserve to be there. I'm going to I'm gonna admit it. Uh, when you win a week with 106 points or something like that, like that shouldn't yeah. be. It should be the top dogs get the most points and the bottom feeders get the least points, right? Not just getting lucky. So, yeah, well, the schedule, the schedule has a lot, a lot, a lot to do with it. And I mean, for instance, you know, I know, I know someone in our league, they played the guy with Josh Allen when Josh Allen was on a buy. So they must've been feeling really, really good about themselves. And then yet they still lost. And then they play the guy without, um, you know, let's say they play the guy that, Dude, you're, have, you're uh, watching Joe Mixon. Teams. Joe Joe Mixon after a five touchdown week, and they're feeling pretty strong about themselves. Dude, you're so, yeah, watching I'm too many agree. teams other than your own. I'm telling you. you well, when you're sucks, your yeah, that's all you can do is watch other people's teams. <laughs> anyway, let's move on, please. Moving on, moving along. Uh, I just want to make a quick blurb about this. I don't have too much info like to really talk about it, but there was a fucking stinker in the UFC recently. Where there was two fighters, uh, Derek Minner and oh fuck, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Shailen, yeah. yeah, you know that guy. Yeah, but fuck, in this day and age, okay. So what happened? If you haven't seen it or heard about it, one of these guys again, I don't even know which guy it was defeating Minner. So Minner came out. He had a leg injury, yeah, and he came out and started Kicking. throwing <laughs> kicks right out of the gate. Yeah, Numi, uh, did you see this or hear about this? I'm not a UFC guy, sorry, guys. Yeah, well, neither really am I, but it has to do with betting, so that's why we're throwing it in here. But yeah. obviously, in this day and age, right, the line went from, according to this article that I'm looking at right now, it went from like a minus 220 to a minus 400, right, like three or four hours before the fight went off. Yeah, minus 220 to 420, according to ESPN. 
Incredible. That kind of line movement. So you can't get away with that shit in this day and age, right? If, okay, I'm going to give you guys some tips right now. If you have information like this, right, you don't go to a Vegas sports book. And start pounding. (laughs) And start pounding. No, no. If you have info like this, you do small little bets here and there. You try to hit up a couple of the exchanges. You try to hit up some local guys. That's how you get down on something like this if you have information. Now, clearly, this guy, Minner, had his family involved or something. Somebody knew, and they just started swinging at it. But then, yeah, that's how this gets caught because there's line movement. And then, yeah, there's a lot of eyes on the prize these days because of all the jurisdictions around the U.S. and Canada that are legalizing it, right? So that's my advice there. If you have inside info like this, like maybe Josh Allen is going versus not going, it doesn't fucking matter sometimes, but... Sometimes it still doesn't matter. You got to do it quietly. You can't just simply go to the till and say, I want this for a hundred grand because you're going to blow up the line and then, yeah, look what happened. Huge investigation now. I don't know what the status of it is right now, but... It's it's interesting because, I mean... You know, those combat sports, it's one guy versus one guy, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if, if if you have a pronounced leg issue and then you start coming out and and all you're doing is throwing kicks and re-injure your leg. Yeah. Like. like no, it stinks. How it stinks. The hell is it's, it's, it's a travesty. Brutal. Brutal. So. Yeah. Anyways, moving along, we had to mention that because it was in yeah. the headlines uh, for the last couple weeks. Um, uh, next thing, I just a quick birthday shout out to our boy Beanfield. Hey, it was, it was birthday recently, so shout out to him. He's our number one guy. If you if you don't know or you're just joining us here on the Always Betting Podcast, Beanfield uh, lives in Costa Rica. His nickname is Bean. And <laughs> Beanfield, he likes calling himself Beanfield for, for Banfield. It all fits together. It all fits together. Uh, he's our guy in Costa Rica that helps us put the bets in. And he helps building uh, databases. He helps building models. He's been with us for, I think, five, six mm-hmm. years now. So shout out to him. Happy birthday. Feliz cumpleaños. Feliz cumpleaños, of course. <laughs> Why I wanted to mention uh, Beanfield is because if you've been following us on social media, whether it be Instagram or TikTok, those are our two major ones. You will have noticed that we do this thing every Sunday called the Circa Million Signs, which is literally, it's, it's our entry into the Circa Million uh, contest here in Vegas. And it is literally me going around Vegas and whatever signs I see for football teams, for NFL football teams, that's what I put into my five-team selection, weekly selection. Well, Beanfield has been helping me with that, right? I, I've asked around at some points, and I, I reached out to him one week, five weeks ago, and I said, dude, give me a pick. Whatever you like, give me a pick. I'm going to put it in, and I just include it in the signs. I don't say it's from Costa Rica or anything, but this guy's been helping me for the last five weeks, and Godfather, guess what his record is? 5-0. Uh, 5-0, and oh. oh. yes. Yeah, he hasn't lost yet. He has just not for, lost for so our listeners. And now now I've probably jinxed it or mushed it or yeah. whatever they hell, the hell yeah. they tell me that I always do. But for, for this guy is on Fuego. Yes. Yeah. Let, let, let me just tell our, our listeners, Diego Beanfield, he fashions himself as a bit of a uh, 
Central American clairvoyant. So that's why, you know, he's he's going to be solid on this 5-0 and business. So kudos to him. It's very impressive. I tip my hat to him. And he's getting involved with it now. I, I sent me a video of, uh, on WhatsApp right before the Sunday night game. One of the signs I saw here in Vegas was the LA Chargers. So we were on the Chargers plus seven. And there was, I guess, lightning in Costa Rica that night. So he, he sent me a video of the Señales de Costa Rica. And How sure come enough, you don't use none of my picks, you fucker? Uh, <laughs> you have to <laughs> pick five right in a row and then we'll start talking. Oh, okay. that's that's the the bar now that uh, that he set up gotcha. so just a quick update with the circa contest this is the craziest part of this the circus signs entry is actually i think our best entry right now how fucking Come crazy on. is that yes the record is 29 19 and 2 and that chalks up to a 58 percent win percentage which is absurd right like i'm literally what position does that put you in uh, Any, well, anything? I, I don't know the exact position, but we are six back from the leader. So we have, I guess, uh, 29. We have 30 points. The leader has 36. So another big week. It went four and one last week. Another big week, and we could be there. Like, I literally have no idea how this is going to go, but. New me. Put the TV on. What happened? There it is, baby. <laughs> is that Watson again? Yep. Get out of here. Let's Two go. tutties? Two tutties. Two two tutties. Fuck, he's stealing from my Lazard. Lazard, yeah. Okay, Newman, how much are you going to give me when, uh, how many Lazard trade fucking things are going to come out this week? This Watson, do you happen to know know what waiver number you were? 12. I canceled canceled mine at 259. You got Watson at, you were number 12 and you got Watson? That's right. Oh yeah, because I canceled mine at 259. I didn't want to do double GB, so I went for the guy in India instead. Yeah. And look what happens. Jesus oh, Christ. Anyways, uh, last thing I want to mention about Circa is they did something crazy this past week. The Full Dog shared it with us in our group chat, uh, Godfather. These guys are like next level. I so love they, that Jeffrey Benson guy. Oh, shout he's, out he's, to him. And he's, he's so solid. He's, he's starting to listen to this podcast too, so shout out to him again. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, maybe we have to talk about having him on here because he talks, he speaks our language, right? When he's going yeah, after yes, these predatory does. sports books that don't want to take a bet from a winning better, that obviously speaks volumes to us. So we probably have to get him on here. But one thing I wanted to mention about Circa, they started this thing, I think it was the early lines, or I'm not sure. I have to dig a little bit deeper into it, but from the text message that we got from the full dog they basically opened up their lines where if you wanted to play a favorite let's say a 17 point favorite if you wanted mm-hmm. to play the favorite you would lay 17 if you wanted the dog they would give you 17 and a half name me another sports book on this planet that does shit like that wow no existo that's crazy that's, that's crazy i've never seen never heard before. of such a thing i've never i i think there might have been like promotions it, of that style, like way back in the day. But this is like going back to the early days when we used to work at BetUS. Uh, they weren't doing it, but I, I kind of remember something like this. But nobody's doing this shit. Nobody wow. is fucking doing this shit. That's... So shout out to Circa again. You're doing things that nobody else is doing, and you're accepting winners. So we tip yeah, our cap to you. I uh, love that guy. It's just it's just a pain in the ass because their lines are always fucking sharp. 
Fulldog wanted to go under the longest field goal tonight, right? What was the call, Godfather? 46 and a half? 46 and a half. Yeah, he goes, take a look at Circa and maybe go down there and play some cash because I got no more money left in the Circa thing. They beat us, and I don't know. It doesn't look like we can really take uh, <laughs> really good advantage of their lines. Put it that way. Uh, yeah. What are they using? 44 and a half. Yeah. So we're sharp. They're fucking sharp. They're fucking but sharp. In, but that's always been the contention. Be, yes. be better at making lines. Well, that's that's exactly than, what it is. Than being assholes. A lot of these sports books I just don't know how to bookmake. That's simply no. what it is. It's right? They're, it they're is. there copying the Don Best screen, doing what we used to do at the OLG, right? What we were instructed to do at the OLG. Make sure that, you know, try to balance the action. That's not yeah. real bookmaking. Sorry, guys. Like, you got it wrong. <laughs> Yep. Anyways, we won't uh, go down that path because I know it makes you no. Uh, yes. Thank you. Uh, Thank next you. thing on the list, gentlemen, Yasiel Pui got arrested this week for <laughs> yes, sports yeah. betting. For sports betting. <laughs> Numi, did you happen to come across this at all? I saw the headline. I didn't dip into it. Okay. So again, we're we're just going to brush over this. We won't dive too deep in it. But what it was is that yeah, he got involved with a local bookie in the United States. And I have to come out and, you know, admit to something and maybe even make a little bit of an apology because we've talked many times on this podcast about having local guys and using local guys to your advantage. When you get to a certain level, they kind of become essential. Dealing with local guys in Canada is much different than dealing with local guys in the United States. Does that have something to do with the FBI? (laughs) I I just learned that, like, again, we don't encourage to do anything like this. It just, again, when you get to a level in this game, you need as many outs as possible, and you kind of have to play in that dark gray area. Let's put it that way. So that's what our friend here, Yasiel, was doing, playing in the dark area. And what the big problem here is in the U.S. is that income is income is income is income. So wherever you get your income from, you have to declare that. And if you don't, so let's say you win five grand from your local bookie. If you don't declare that, uh, it tax is, evasion. Yes, it is a, a, a felony. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not so much that you're, you know, there is the the unlawful gaming. I'm probably butchering that. I'm probably not saying it right. Um, there is that law, but there is the bigger play here is the tax evasion yeah so that's what they're going after him for and he's in a lot of fucking shit for this yeah yeah we're gonna do time that's crazy you're gonna, gonna be playing on the san quentin baseball team next year <laughs> he he was playing yeah he's been playing out in korea now i think right yes i think i saw that and yeah he lost like a quarter million apparently to this local bookie the local bookie got busted and in the yeah. notes that they went through they found yasio puig and yeah, dirty, dirty. So, again, hide your black books, people. Yeah, it's, <laughs> listen. I, again, we don't encourage illegal activity. Sometimes nope. you kind of force the play in that zone a little bit, but be very careful if you're doing it in the U.S. Because I did not realize how bad it is. I, from my understanding, in Canada, again, don't take this as legal advice. Don't listen to this. <laughs> I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. But in Canada, they go after whoever's accepting the bets, not so much whoever's making the bets. And the, the tax laws are completely different when it comes to sports betting up in Canada than they are here in the U.S. So just be careful wherever you're doing it. Just uh, be careful. You know what? We would not have this problem if 
predatory sports books like FanDuel and DraftKings and all these assholes that are in the market now would just accept bets from everyone. We wouldn't have these problems. But because they don't, sometimes you got to get fucking a little dark gray, right? Gotcha. (laughs) Okay. uh, Next up, I got a little bit of NHL press clippings here. Uh, News out of Ottawa. Chris Neal is getting his jersey retired. I, I cannot believe this what when I read <laughs> when I took another read of of our uh, of our agenda here. I I, I thought that was a misprint. <laughs> Numi, you're a big hockey guy. You're a big Buffalo Sabres fan. What the fuck is going on there? You, How there's is no way we can agree with this? Possible? Can we? I I'm okay with it to be honest. Wow. Really? How? So, so jersey retirements, I think, for are very different. I think it's a very team-oriented thing. It's not like the Hall of Fame. Like, Chris Neal's not going to the Hall of Fame, right? Um, Ottawa, most NHL teams don't have, like, a ring of honor, like football or baseball, for example, like the Blue Jays do. This is their way of, like, their ring of honor. Um, He played from 2001 to 2017 with the Ottawa Senators. Was it that long? Base beaten in for... 17 years, 16 years. Wow. And from what I'm read about this, he is like number one in the community. So this is their way of kind of giving back to Neil for all those years as a Senator. And I'm okay with it. I mean, they also retired Chris Phillips's number and he's not a Norris trophy winning defenseman. So did they? Oh my God. This what is clearly so, they do things different in Ottawa. Yes. Uh, you know, just, I mean and, I'm a Sabre guy. My... They they don't they got the French connection retired. They got Tim Horton's number retired. Uh they got Lafontaine and then uh Hashik and Miller. That's it. Yeah but Miller, yeah, that, Miller's just getting I, retired this year. Mo Gilmy you know, is not retired in Buffalo. They should. I saw a lot of uproar about Mogilny not being in the Hall of Fame yet. I kind of have well, to agree there. Well, I mean, Mogilny has 444 points as a saver, and LaFontaine only had 385. So, Patty um, LaFontaine, one of my uh, dad's favorite players growing up. because uh, he was, he was uh, un- undeniably one of the best players in saver history, for sure. He was uh, a Verdun... Uh, Verdun Canadians? Well, I don't know. My dad grew up in Verdun, so that's just uh, just outside Montreal. And uh, Patty Lafontaine was a star there when he was growing up. So yeah, he was he was with the Verdun Juniors. Okay, well, that's, yeah. he had two hundred and thirty four points in one year there. That was it. Then he moved, got drafted by the Islanders. Wow, wow! You were gonna say something, Godfather? I hear you moaning. Well, no, and no, 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 no. I'm not moaning and groaning. I mean, I, you know, I I, I, I respectfully understand uh, Newman's point, and that's that's cool. But I mean, I really think, you know number sweater retiring some teams put up banners for winning a uh, winning a division i mean oh, it's i think know, every I mean, that's, a, that's a toronto thing no toronto. montreal does not do that <laughs> I, so I, I respectfully disagree <laughs> once you start doing that i mean it kind of just waters it down a little bit too much for me i mean i think it's great if he is truly uh, a pillar of the community I wouldn't get that from the way he played hockey, but okay, I'm I'm cool. Um, it, you know, You're right. the, yeah. yeah, I know I'm right, but this is why I'm saying, like, if if Chris Neal starts making 
I mean, it's the it's it's Ottawa's it's Ottawa's um, it's up to them. Yeah, uh, he, he's big in their community, so uh, you know I, I'll respectfully understand and and take it. But I, I got to admit, I was surprised when I saw this on on the agenda. And well, I mean, listen, if the Senators are retiring Neil's jersey. You, the Habs got to retire fucking poor Markarf's jersey, you know, for the no, amount of well, there fucking you go. abuse I they mean, put this guy who, who, ga- who, who gave more body parts and more parts of his liver to to, to the, the, the guy? No, precisely, yeah. Markov can't be far behind. They, Markov to the Habs, like, that's the kind of car that you get as a teenager you know it's it's kind of new and you just drive it into the ground right you drive it till it just cannot go forward anymore yeah. i think that's what the habs did to poor markov jesus yeah. christ coach coach i have i have bone spurs in my ankle get get out there <laughs> 25 minutes of ice time a well, night. if again if neil gets his jersey and i see the angle knew me so yeah okay yeah, if you put it okay. like that I mean, appreciate totally, clearing that up. Yeah, it totally <laughs> takes a different dynamic. I don't think they did that like that in the past, right? I think it was all performance based. But yeah. what about our boy over in Chicago? Like number fifty's got to go up there, no? In the rafters? I mean, I'd say yes. I think I mean, so. Well, I I think he deserves it absolutely. Um, I I don't know if he does because of how long the franchise has been around. And I think that has a lot to do with this Chris Neal thing that Ottawa's only been around since Um, the early nineties. Right. So each franchise will treat this differently, especially the newer ones versus the original six, right? Like Montreal's got a standard. Chicago's got a standard. I think, I think your boy's got a very, very good shot at it. I, I just don't know where he lines up in the greats of Chicago goaltending. Yeah. Um, I mean, the cups obviously are there. Um, Yes. Well, this week on uh, the NHL Instagram page, they actually put out like pictures of six players. Like it was like sort of like a collage and like who should be in the Hall of Fame. And there was two goalies on that collage, one of them being Lungfist in New York and the other was number 50 in Chicago. Right. Well, and yeah, I, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna raise a lot less eyebrows than Chris Neal. I'll guarantee uh, you that. No, for sure, for sure. But okay, so is, this is a discussion that I wanted to have. Uh, does number fifty belong in the Hall of Fame? Well, again, I mean, <laughs> you, guys I, are, you guys are stumped by it. No, now, no I mean, okay. it's it's I, it's, it's close. The Hall of Fame. I mean. I I took pretty tough. I took some time to go through some stats because there's you know there's okay, other so. goalies out there that um, kind of fall in the same category. Uh, not like Chris Osgood is a name that comes up. I don't know. I think Crawford was a lot more dominant than Chris Osgood in my personal opinion. Obviously, I'm biased here, but the thing with Crawford is, and this I can attest to from Pee Wee when we started playing together is that he would go through these stretches and he did it at the top level in the NHL. He would go through these stretches where he was legitimately unbeatable. He would get in these zones and you could not fucking beat him. Now, does that, is that hall of fame worthy? I don't know what I think is holding him back from being in serious talks of the hall of fame is the games played, right? Because 
if you yeah. look at some of the other goalies that recently got in, like Bobby Lou in Vancouver and Florida and everywhere that he played, uh, Ed Belfour was recently too. These guys are all north of 400 wins in the NHL. Crow only played 10 seasons, right? He spent a lot of time in the minors. So he only has 260 wins in his career. So that's significantly less, obviously, than these four Bill guys, right? But Less than 500 games played, right? Less than 500 games played. Yeah, he was 12 shy of that, unfortunately. But another thing is, you know, there's two ways to look at that, right? Because he got two cups in 488 games. Oh, he spent 10 years of very efficient hockey, that's for sure. Yeah, right? So there's an argument to be made there. I I honestly think in the moment he's, he's as clutch as you can get. For a goaltender. So, again, I'm super biased, but I saw that come up on NHL um, Instagram this week, and I thought we got to slide that into the podcast uh, and at least have a little bit of a chat about it, right? Mm-hmm. I think um, there's a discussion for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I think there is. I think there is. And there's a lot of fucking Crawford haters out there. Oh, my God. You know, actually, it was Trevor, his brother, who sent me the uh, the link to it. And he said, you can go read the comments. I, I can't get involved with this. And sure enough, you know, it's <laughs> five or six comments down. There's an asshole saying, you know, terrible negative shit. But there's a lot of love for Corey as well. And I think, yeah, I think he was a big part of it's, that Chicago uh, dynasty. I think we can call it a dynasty, right? Yeah, kind of for sure. I got three yeah cups. they were three, three cups, cups. And they should have had one in the middle there. Oh, my God. That, again, that Alex Martinez shot in Game 7, oh. hit by Nick Letty. Get your fucking stick out of the way. That would have totally pushed them in because that would have been three in a row. But, um, yeah, it was uh, it was remarkable to watch all that and be part of all that. Again, I've said it many times and I'll say it again. I am forever indebted to the Crawford family for all the experiences that I was able to uh, to be part of with, with them. Very, very great family. Uh, good, good. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to ask you: Is Trevor the the big brother? Yes, Trevor's older. Okay, so there you go. yeah, the way the way it worked when we were playing minor hockey, I played with them both. So Trevor's a little bit older than I am, and Corey's a little bit younger than I am. So my first year peewee, for example, I'd always be on Trevor's team, and then my second year peewee, I'd always be on Corey's team. And we lived down the street from one another, so that's that's how the ties were made. And uh, yeah, we've we've been pretty tight for for many a years, but. Again, I thought that would be a good uh, little segment to, to throw in here in this episode. Sure. Um, last thing. Uh, actually, there was one more thing I wanted to go over, gentlemen. Someone on TikTok this week asked us, how do you find an edge in sports betting? Now, this is obviously very deep, right? You kind of... I guess I have to be careful how I word this, right? But I think I put together a pretty solid example on TikTok, and I'm going to just quickly go over it here on this episode. So grab a pen, grab a paper, and I'm going to tell you how you find an edge in sports betting. And I'm going to relate it to hockey because I know Numi is a big hockey guy, and Godfather, yeah, you used to play fantasy hockey before I whooped your ass and uh, then you quit. Get the so- fuck out of here. <laughs> what you want to do, we're going we're gonna to use the OHL for an example. Because the first thing you got to do when you're looking for an edge is, especially as a beginner, you got to look for an obscure market. Okay? And why you want to look for an obscure market is because sports books aren't really paying attention to obscure markets. Right. They're paying attention to the major sports. They're paying attention to large amounts of money being moved on these major sports. They're not paying attention to which goalie is starting in the fucking OHL. I can guarantee you that. 
right? So right there, if you want to pay attention to goalies and backup goalies, there's an edge right there. I used, for the sake of this TikTok, I used the uh, example of a happy armed referee. Okay, so you're religiously into the OHL. And again, pick a sport that you're passionate about because otherwise you're not going to do all the dirty work that follows mm-hmm. what I'm about to say. So you notice, because you're an avid fan of the OHL, that one of the refs in the OHL has a happy arm, right? He calls more penalties than anyone else in the league. So you have this theory. So what you would do is you'd go home, you'd go to the OHL website, you'd scrape as much data as you could about all the referees, you'd put it in the database, and then you would simply see if your theory is true. Does this guy call more penalties than anyone else in the league? Right? If your theory is indeed true, then you're onto something. Right. So then you would go get the final scores of all the games that he's refed. And the reason why you would do that is simply because if the referee is calling more penalties, obviously there's a lot more power plays. And usually power plays signify more goals scored. Right. Makes sense to me. Yeah. So then you would simply take the final scores and match them to the closing lines of these OHL hockey games. And you can find the closing lines. You'd have to dig for them for the OHL. I'm telling you, there's quite a significant amount of work there. Not a lot of websites obviously have the OHL. Maybe you'd have to build something that kind of scrapes OHL lines and then, you know, work on a couple years. Like this shit isn't easy, first and foremost. It's not easy. But if you stick to it, there is advantages. So then you would notice like, holy shit, Yes, if I match the final scores, the closing lines of these OHL games, I notice that this referee's games goes over 60% of the time. Boom! Boom. You, you an edge make, has been born. An edge has been born, and you can make a shit ton of money betting into this. Now, word of caution, Please? things change. There's a thing called variance, right? That maybe the data set that you have isn't very big. So, you know, maybe it just kind of got lucky that a lot of these games went over. So you got to pay attention to that. And there's also the chance that the head honcho of the OHL notices that this guy has a happy arm and he talks to him and says, dude, listen, you're calling way too many penalties. You got to tone it down a little bit. So you obviously got to pay attention to that. But this is the way you have to attack edges. And you can apply this to any other obscure market, whether it be the WNBA or AAA baseball or second division Italian soccer. That's not fixed at all, right, Godfather? <laughs> second division. <laughs> so that's that's how you go. There you go. That's how you find an edge in sports betting. Uh, if you can start there, I, I'm pretty sure you will be well on your way. And you just keep building those different angles in that form. And then you will have a solid base to going after these sports books. So there you go. There you go. Very nice. Uh, one last thing that I wanted to mention that I, you guys can see on our roadmap here for this episode is the crypto fucking shit that's going on right now oh with FTX God. and all the other exchanges out there. Get your crypto assets off centralized exchanges. That's it. That's all. Don't do it. We got burned twice in the early days of crypto for leaving our shit. We didn't know any better back then, but this was 2016. People, we're in 2022. The whole point of cryptocurrency is that you're in control. Decentralization. Thank you, Godfather. (laughs) Decentralization. Be in control. Not your keys, not your coins. Be in control of your shit. 
Don't leave it up to these fucking jackasses that I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there in Bahamas. The more info that comes out, the crazier it gets. These guys are fucking having orgies and penthouses, losing billions of dollars of people. Like, it's fucking wild. If you haven't followed it and you need some fucking entertainment in your life, (laughs) I'd suggest digging into it because holy shit. What a crazy put that, uh, story is. Put that link that you sent me up somewhere. <laughs> there you go. Wild or what? No, crazy. Crazy. Absolutely fucking bananas. So, Craziness. yes, obviously be careful if you're in the crypto markets and, and all this shit. It's the Wild West out there right now. But don't leave your shit in other people's hands, especially when it comes to crypto. Like, I don't even leave like leaving shit in the bank. That's what kind of person I am. But I'm a special breed. So don't yeah. necessarily <laughs> follow my lead. But... In crypto, yeah. definitely make sure you're in charge of your assets. Huh. Okay. Uh, I think that's the end of the road here, gentlemen. Uh, we've been talking for quite a while. Fuck, uh, the time got away from me. There, but, uh, I think time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Numi, thank you again very much for joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure, my man. I love when you can come on here and share your insight. And, dude, you can talk. I'm telling you, I've told you this before, but you have a great flow and you belong on podcasts. Or some sort of talking episodes. Let me tell you. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries. Is there <laughs> anything uh, else either of you would like to uh, to add? Twenty-seven seventeen no. is the score right now in the football yeah. game. That yeah, doesn't. Work so, well is that, for is that our... significant? Yeah, is that significant to you? We we it had is... the under forty two and a half, didn't we? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's not going to work. Just another night in Dodge. (laughs) Listen, it's called always betting, not always winning, folks. I can't stress that enough. Uh, You know, we we grind, but it's not always sunshine and rainbows. That's for anything in the gambling industry. Grind (laughs) continues. All right, gentlemen. Numi, thanks again. And uh, thank you all for listening. On behalf of The Godfather, Numi, and the full dog who's not with us, but I'm sure he'll be back at some point in the near future. We thank you for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Ciao.